Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Hey, I want to tell you about the lab. If you haven't heard, it is wellness. Anywhere you go, you could listen to it like a podcast. Um, they're basically live Zoom classes, but you could listen to them on a run, or you could turn the camera on and engage with them. We have a thriving community of like-minded people trying to live better lives, and it's been amazing. Not only do we have the foundational classes like codependency and and, uh, ch- and trauma and relationships and all that, but we also have a lot of fun classes because it's so hard to make friends as adults, right? So we have tarot card readings, we have soul shower, we have astrology readings. Uh, we're turning wellness into a lifestyle. We're also uh, going to run a retreat soon. So come and hang out with us. Come ride with us. Go to the website to get into uh, the lab and then go download the app. We have a brand new app out with tons of audio. I'm going to give you a discount code um, and this is for a limited time. So if you're listening to this, you could join the lab for only $20. It's like a drop-in fee. For three months, it's $20 a month. Go to tatlab.app. That's tatlab.app. And the discount code is live better. It's case sensitive. So all lowercase, one word, live better. And I will see you in the lab. You know how I know that I have grown? How? So we have these, um, what are they called? Uh, not chamois. They're called loofahs um, that we uh, clean our bodies with. And Vanessa, Vanessa likes to keep things soaked. And so- Soaked? Have, soaked. Like, you know, uh, rags, dish tiles, di- dish tiles. like to keep things soaked. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, uh, there's piles of soaked stuff everywhere. So, um, you know, baby bibs and stuff like that. And so she doesn't realize that it gets uh, mildewy. And so in the shower, uh, we have these loofahs. And there's two in there and they're always soaked. They're always drenched. And we also know that these loofahs, they hold a lot of bacteria. So I got on Amazon and I bought these little suction cup clips where you could suction them into your um, glass shower and they're discreet and you hang the loofahs way up so they get air and they dry. And the way that I know that I have grown is something so simple like that makes me happy. And before things like that wouldn't even um, come across my radar or thought during the day, but little things like that um, today, I find a lot of joy in. Do you think that means that you've grown or you're just turning into me? I'm not turning into you. <laughs> Why, wait, are you saying that you like little things in life? I've always, enjoyed, always... I've always enjoyed shit like that, especially anything that makes things easier, neater, cleaner, more organized. I'm all about it. Well, sure. But now you're talking about organization. You're talking about, you know, lines and, and uh, putting things in boxes. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking, so you're talking about the satisfaction of organizing something. I'm talking about the simple things in life, like thread count and water pressure and uh, little, um, uh, what are these called again? 
Loofahs? Loofah holders, little loofah holders. So I think that's growth because if you look at my story, I used to only be interested in the big, right? So um, the Range Rover, the, you know, the fancy cars, the house in the hills, the three picture deal. And if nothing big happened, then, you know, life is not good. And I put happiness on pause. And so for me to say I'm getting joy out of loofah holders, that's growth. Okay. That's growth. I like it. You didn't say that with um, certainty (laughs) and appreciation. I appreciate that you enjoy a good loofah holder like I do. That makes me happy. Yeah. And you know what? I got to say, it's probably also mindfulness. I think it's also um, being a homeowner and living way up in the hills, which which uh, I wouldn't say way up in the hills, but but pretty, pretty high up. Right. And um, this leads to our year in review. And if I had any sound effects buttons, I would press them. Oh my God. What is that? <laughs> what the fuck was that? That's my like, pew, pew. I, I said a year in review. And my so, little laser gun going off. Pew, but pew. how do you associate a celebration with little laser guns? Because and also it's like, see me, I'm making guns with my fingers and I'm shooting them in the air. Like I'm celebrating 2020. Pew, pew. It, it should be a, a round of applause sound effects. It should be. Um, Listen, you uh, can't tell me what I fireworks. use for my sound effects. That's my sound effects. I'm shooting laser guns in the air. Guys, this is our first year in review. All right, all right. Okay, so so much has happened this year. Um, holy shit, so much has happened. And you're gonna have to help me with this because uh my memory is shot at at the 47. It's one of the things that that has as uh I've noticed a significant difference, almost scary, where I I I could remember big things in my life, you know. Um I could remember a big events, but I can't remember like a lot of this year, you know, what happened last week, like that kind of memory. Yeah, I've noticed. So what do you want to start off with as far as 2020 year in review? Well, 2020 did not start the way that it's ending. Um, oh, I it started with um, hope and excitement and, 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 and everything, right? Right. Well, we were due to have our baby, to have our daughter um, end of February, or well, actually mid-February. She didn't come till end of February. And so really we were starting the year just kind of getting ready. We had like a countdown of a month until we were ready to, you know, have a kid. So that's how we started the year. Now, when you, um, and this is your second time getting pregnant, right? Because we had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. So with so this time last year, when you found that you were pregnant, um, how did you feel? What was the uh, stuff that came up for you? Well, this time last year is not when I found that I was pregnant. I was due to have it. I mean, due. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> as you got closer, as you got closer, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, right. Um, God, I don't even remember. I guess anticipation. I mean, I'm sure there was some fear and some anxiety around um, birth. You know, I, actually, what what's coming up for me is the putting myself back in my pre-birth self, which was somebody who had an idea of how they wanted their birth to go and look and their story to be written. Um, And understanding, I mean, I know that you can't 
you know, it's not going to be the way you want it to. It never does go the way you want it to, nor does anything in life. But I definitely had an idea. Um, and then that went to shit. So that wasn't anything like I wanted it to be or look like. So if I think about myself this time last year, um, I think I was maybe still in my naive pre-birth situation place. Mm. When you say went to shit, um, your pregnancy was amazing in a dream, right? (laughs) You're talking about the actual uh, giving birth. Yeah, the actual birth experience. Yeah, the the long week of birth, yes. Long week of birth, um, everything used uh, to get Logan out. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Induced, I think they call, right? Yep, they induced me. And then finally, uh, because what you, what you wanted was uh, natural birth. And uh, after, what was it, four days, three days? Five days. Five days uh, of trying everything, um, we had a C-section. Or you had a C-section. I was just, I was there. Yeah, yeah. It was a rough, it was a rough yeah. week. It was a rough moment in my life. I mean, it ended with, obviously, holding Logan and her being healthy, which was the goal. But um yeah, it was a rough week. So if I'm reflecting on this time last year, I was definitely pre that experience. And I had all kinds of ideas and visions for what my birthing experience would look like. So, yeah. I remember um, behind, and, and you know, for me, uh, um, it was a, a roller coaster ride as well. But I remember being behind the blanket or the, the wall, uh, the blue wall, as uh, they're taking Logan out and uh, within, you know, I mean, it's so fast within like, was like five minutes you hear uh, her crying. And then I remember the emotion of that, like, you know, we, we didn't see her yet, but we heard for me, hearing her cry was very surreal because it went from, you know, a, 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 a baby in your body to now she's out in the world. Mm-hmm. And then I remember she um, was crying a lot and they weren't communicating with us because um, they were trying to, uh, what is it called? They're trying to get the- um... They were suctioning. So um, she had meconium uh, in, there was meconium in my, in my when, when my water broke. So um, she had, you know, inhaled some of it. And so they were suctioning her. Yeah. And to be fair, I got to see over the blue uh, wall or, or the curtain or whatever it was. And um, so I could see that she was um, safe and they were working on her. Vanessa couldn't move, so she couldn't see anything. And so, um, I mean, it, I mean, for you, it was panic because you didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I, um, I don't, you know, as somebody who prides myself in, in obviously doing a lot of kind of inner work and inner reflection, and I, I go to therapy and all the things, um, I have not yet started back up again since having the baby. And uh, I actually try really hard to not think about that experience at all, because that five days was um, very traumatic for me. And yeah. so every single time I think about it, I actually get really emotional and um, I haven't quite worked through or, or processed, I think the trauma around my birth yet. And so this is hard even talking about. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I was just thinking as a, um, as a observer, as a man going through this, I know that it was traumatic for you, but because, I mean, it's, it's interesting because we're in the same room. Obviously I I was more of a spectator, but um, me witnessing it, I, I, it's so easy to minimize what that experience was like for you. 
even though I was there because I wasn't going through it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that happens a lot. I don't think that's just you. I think that, um, yeah, I, I think it gets minimized a lot. I think a lot of times too, most women, um, a lot of women, you know, we are, um, uh, socialized, I think in many ways to be, um, you know, strong and stoic and take care of everybody else. And, um, and so I know, I know for me times 10. So, uh, I think in a lot of ways, what's going on for me internally is not usually what's going on on the outside. So I'm very good at playing it cool and making it seem like everything is fine and I'm under control when inside I'm losing my fucking mind. So, um, I imagine that as an outsider, even one that I'm very close to, you don't really get the full picture because I don't usually share the full picture. I'm very good yeah, at compartmentalizing. But I'm assuming that you have chosen more so now than ever in your life to give um, people, uh, people like me, the full picture instead of compartmentalizing, no? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely am better at it now, but I think there are moments when I go into, um, survival mode, you know, fight or flight, um, you know, limbic system kicks in and I, I don't think there's much choice. And I, and I feel like that situation for me, and while not the entire five days, I think there was much of those five days where that was, um, just kind of simmering right below the surface. And, and I think that I needed to, I need to be able to compartmentalize sometimes I think for survival and, as mo- as a lot of people do. And I think yeah. that, that was just um, a testament to that ability that I have. <laughs> yeah, because from the outside, it didn't seem, I mean, I, I saw your uh, spectrum of emotion, but it didn't seem, um, you seem more cool and calm than, you know, panicked. Yeah, that's my MO. <laughs> I usually seem pretty cool and calm. Yeah. So that journey happened, um, I mean, that was probably the biggest thing that's happened in 2020 and then enter COVID. Um, did we move to Glendale in 2020 yes. or were we already there? Uh, no, we were uh, January 1st. No, I don't remember. Um, yeah. I mean, speaking of trauma, I uh, promised myself I would never go back to Glendale. I mean, it's like, you know, Vanessa saying she would never go back to say Syracuse or where, you know, who wants to go back to where they grew up? Not only that, but um, my mom lives across the street. And everyone was saying, why would you not uh, have your mom across the street when you have a, a newborn? I mean, there, there could be people uh, pay money to have, would, would pay money to have their, their parents live, you know, that close. And so we ended up um, moving and getting a, uh, a loft um, on the same street that my mom lived on, which ended up being uh, extremely helpful and what I, what I learned was uh, it was almost like I went and saw Glendale again through new eyes instead of judging it as, you know, the place I grew up, not that I hated it, but I mean, it's just, I grew up there. I didn't, you know, want to be there. Um, but I actually enjoyed the times that we were there uh, exploring, you know, new coffee shops. This is before, right before COVID hit uh, restaurants and that area and it wasn't what I imagined in my head. So I, I almost gave myself a new experience um, with with Glenn, with my hometown or where I grew up. Well, and we obviously didn't know at the time. And, and now that I'm remembering, actually, we moved um, end of January because I was like ready to pop. I was only a couple of weeks away from being due um, and we were moving. So I remember that very clearly. But um, 
it ended up being like the best decision that we made because two weeks after we got home from the hospital, quarantine happened and everything shut down. And we were very walkable to everything, to restaurants, the takeout and everything. And your mom was freaking right there, which was amazing. So, um, you know, things happen as they should. And I think that was a very specific, uh, movement for us at a very specific time. Yeah. And then we also bought a house this year. Mm -hmm. So that's skipping to July. Yeah. Wow, I can't believe you have this files uh, this file into what month things have happened. I mean, I. Well, we did just establish that you have a bad memory, so. Yes, um, and when we bought a house, we didn't know where we were going to go. We were looking at Echo Park. I mean, we were looking at places that were kind of hipstery and um, city. Uh, you know, uh, we both loved the city. Um, I was born, raised in concrete, and so was. Uh, um, well, you weren't raised in concrete, but your most of your life you were in New York, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, My formative years. (laughs) Buildings in the sky. And we ended up uh, in a little ranch style home up in um, Altadena in the hills. Yeah. And before we had, before we looked at houses, I had never even heard of Altadena. So it was an experience for me. Um, And also it was an experience just doing the whole buying a house thing because that was new for me as well. And um, doing it with you and, you know, with the baby and, um, it felt very like, uh, it, what's actually funny is what I was going to say is that felt more like, oh boy, relationship next level than actually having a kid did to me. Yeah. And why is that? I don't know. I, I actually don't know why that feels more, um, grown up relationship next level. Uh, there, maybe cause it's contractual, maybe cause there's something legal about it. I don't know, actually. Is there, is the avoidant side of you also feel claustrophobic and perhaps trapped, you know, because um, we now have a house instead of say something that we rent where it's easier to run. No, we have, we we have, um, we have a high fence now. Uh, No, it actually doesn't at all. Um, I think that I expected it to more than it does, but I actually think I feel very calm and at peace here and I feel very comfortable and like it's home. Is that because um, you see that I am, in fact, a protector and could fight off bears, raccoons, bobcats, all of that, build things with my hands? Um, sure. Yes, that's exactly why. <laughs> or is this your growth, meaning, you know, that um, it's a sign that you have grown in some way? Yeah, I mean, I think that the growth comes in, um, you know, I always say that it's about these like experiences, you know, these new experiences, you always say this too, where you give yourself this new experience and you kind of prove to that version or that side of yourself that I did this thing, it's okay, I didn't die, right? And um, I think with you, there's been a lot of those experiences. I think it's been coming from, you know, I I grew up, I never wanted children um, to all of a sudden desiring to do it specifically with you. And then, you know, I never had any desire to own a home ever. I've Mm -hmm. always been like, I'm going to rent forever. Um, And then I want to- Wait, you never wanted a home? No, I never wanted to own. Mm -mm. No, I just, I've always felt very transient. I've always just felt very, um, you know, a little bit of a gypsy soul. And I think that not wanting kids and not wanting to own a home and living in the big city, like I think that was all part of it. And I don't know, it's changed with you, but I think that giving myself those experiences, even if there was some anxiety 
subtle anxiety around it, I think has just proven to me, um, again, like I did it, I didn't die, you know, the, mm-hmm. anxious, the, the avoidant in me is okay. <laughs> what about orgasms? What about orgasms? New experiences with me. Oh, are you, are you, <laughs> are you digging for me to give you compliments? Is that Th- things that you've never experienced before? New house, baby, orgasms. Okay. never mind. Look, the chances of any of our exes listening to this is very slim to none. So you know, I'm, I'm totally okay admitting that I've had more orgasms with you than I have before. Um, are you afraid that anyone is listening to this, whether it's exes, family? Like, is there anyone that you're thinking, "Oh shit, I can't say this"? Do you do you do you stutter because of someone maybe listening to this? I don't think so. Uh, I think that I think that I'm very good at steering conversation away from things I don't want to talk about, but I don't worry about people hearing or listening to this because I know my boundaries. (laughs) Well, you know what? I, um, I don't either. And and, and, and I I do, but I don't, but let me explain. I know we're getting off track a little bit, but so what's interesting about this podcast slash experiment slash project is um, so we both have our own podcasts. You have uh, cheaper than therapy. I have the angry therapist podcast. And I think, I feel like those are, are, are safe in that, um, you know, we, we talk about the, the stuff that we talk about, create that dialogue. Um, and, and you're a co-host with Danae. So, so you have someone that makes you accountable. Um, and then with this, because it's almost like a side project that kind of happened out of nowhere. I feel like this is where um, we can, drive a little crazy. This is where, you know, we can color outside the lines more. Um, Cause I also have ads running on my podcast. So I, I could, I, I mean, I, it's unrehearsed. It's me, but mm-hmm. it, it, you know, I've been doing it for a few years now and people expect, you know, the 10, 15 minutes of, of whatever, I, you know, I, I, I give them that. There's they parameters get value. now. Yeah. Yeah. And with this, I feel like, um, I get to really play in the sandbox. Yeah. And there, there are two things that I find so much joy without these two things. I think I would still uh, wilt. I would die. And one is um, being able to push myself as hard as I can physically, right. Playing around with that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one is being able to play and, and have the freedom of doing things creatively uh things that scare me, things that, you know, like the um, having an idea and actually doing it, you know, which is kind of what happened with this podcast. And so with me, when I say things like that, um, orgasms or things that are uh, in a pro things that I would maybe not say uh, on this podcast, I, I don't, I don't, I'm, 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 I'm more fearless because I don't really, I feel like it's, it's a, also, I think maybe less people listen to this one. <laughs> Um, but also, you know, you know that I, I would rein it in. Like, I think there's a knowing in that too. Like, I, I think, you know, that I'm not going to let you take me somewhere I'm not comfortable with. Well, then it's my job to fly. And then you pull me down. Isn't that your job? Isn't that always our dynamic though? Yeah, that is an interesting dynamic. Anyway, so going, going back to orgasms, um, uh, thank, thank you for that. And, and I, I don't, I, I don't think it's, I think it's more you and your journey, not so much me. Right. So I don't think uh, it's anything that I'm, that I'm doing. I think it's just, you're in a different place with you and your body and sexuality and all that, where you're actually able to have more. 
Well, I just think that I'm in a place in my life where I demand what I want and I don't, I'm okay speaking up and, and demanding things, um, that I never felt comfortable doing before. So, yeah. Yeah. What else happened? 2020. So new house. So COVID, I mean, let's talk about COVID COVID because that was crazy. Um, and you know, I, I think we've both said a few times that we're very lucky to work from home and do what we do. And, and we've, obviously as therapists, we see, and we experience a lot of suffering and a lot of, um, you know, people who are experiencing COVID in different ways than we are, um, and the pandemic and, you know, all the things that come along with lockdowns. And, um, so I think it's just been a really interesting time. I mean, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say this is like something specific that happened like a thing, but I, I think for me witnessing, um, witnessing the collective this year has been very interesting for me. Mm -hmm. I've watched, uh, I I think as a collective, we have gone through a lot of death, um, literally and figuratively, but like death and rebirth has been a big theme this year. And so uh, this has been a very, like, I don't know, this has been a year of alchemy, I think is the best way to put it. Um, it's been a lot of breaking down, And so I just feel like I've been a little bit of a witness to it because I've been in a bubble with a baby. Um, You made a comment the other day that was interesting to me. And you said, um, I, because I'm, I'm an, I'm a major extrovert. And, you know, you said, I think that if we hadn't had Logan and then COVID had happened, I think you would have maybe gone into a depression. Um, Yeah. I mean, Logan has given you blinders in a way, not right. that you're not aware of what's going on, but the, um, the, the attention that you have is, is not, you know, what's going on in the world. Right. That's not she's, your, yeah. she's a good distraction. Right? right. I mean, um, again, being an extrovert, you know, all of my friends who are introverts are like pigs and shit right now with not having to face people and being able to like lay around at home. But for me, that's like my worst nightmare. So, um, it's been interesting because I actually haven't really cared that much. And so, I've, I've had a lot of internal shifting going on, um, in that world, in that realm, I think. And I, I think that's been, I'll put that on the list of things that have happened in 2020 events has been, um, an internal shift of mine to, I don't have FOMO anymore. I really could give two shits about like who's doing what and yeah, cause nobody's doing anything. <laughs> right. Right. I always say it's the best time to raise a child, uh, not the best, best time to uh, have the child, but to, to raise a child for sure. Mm-hmm. So then we moved. I, then we moved. And I, yeah, I got to say nothing changes your lenses faster than death or birth. And uh, there's been, um, you know, death around us, a lot of both. Yeah. Um, but also we have friends having babies, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, Probably this year, I think for many, um, an, an act break year, it's not a new chapter. It's something that has completely, uh, uh, changed the positioning of your life, your relationships, uh, what you put weight on. I mean, the, this 2020 has uh, put a black light on relationships. There's divorce skyrocketing, uh, people changing careers because they realized that, you know, now's the time to, to uh, make a move and do something that they're passionate about. Um, there's so much happening. I mean, the, this whole idea of shaking your life edge sketch 2020 is that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Or was that we're, we're only uh, a, a few weeks away from 21. 
We're like a week away. <laughs> yeah. So for uh, Vanessa and I, um, life-changing things. You, you, you know what? If, if there's one word that sums up 2020 for me, it's adulting. Hmm. You know, um, a baby, a mortgage, um, business. Uh, I mean, I feel like uh, changing diapers. Like just less than an hour ago, I was in the bathtub with dishwashing, <laughs> with dishwashing gloves, um, um, taking uh, turd and out of the water because Logan did her first poop in the bathtub while she was taking a bath. <laughs> And Vanessa thought it was hilarious. She's taking photos and shit. Um, <laughs> Wait, and the, I, the reason why I'm taking photos, let's give people context, is because my little brother did that shit, literally did that shit every single fucking bath he had. And I'm 10 years older than my brother. So I like did a lot of bath times with him. And so I had to take a picture and send it to my family because it's like a big inside joke. We like to make fun of my brother who's now 26 that he shit in the tub every night. <laughs> um, it's going to be a problem for me if that happens every night. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> well, good luck. Right before dinner. <laughs> yeah. So um, adulting. And, you know, I was telling Vanessa just last night that after my divorce at 35, I moved in with the roommate that I found on Craigslist and I was doing the dishes and, and we had a, um, uh, we had a, a, a dishwasher and I never used one before. And I put in regular dishwashing soap and I remember turning it on. And then when he came home, we walked into the kitchen and the, it was flooded with suds and uh, he wasn't mad. He th actually thought it was kind of adorable. And he's like, that's, he's like, what soap did you use? Because there's actually special dishwashing soap for dishwashers when I had no idea. So I went from that to now gloves, toilet, cleaning, um, happily cleaning my daughter's poop out of the, uh, Scooping my daughter's poop out of the bathtub. That water. blows my mind, by the way, when you say that you were 35 and you didn't know there was dishwashing soap. Soap like could not be further from my experience growing up. Like that literally makes my brain explode. I am the youngest. My brother was the umbrella. He got to um, be very by force, be responsible, take care of bills, read the mail because my parents couldn't read English. And I got to go out and play. And so my mom did my laundry. Um, I never had chores. I was never grounded. Uh, you know, my parents were never home. So I grew up very different than you. Yeah. That's not going to happen with Logan. <laughs> Logan's going to have uh, No, chores. I don't want it to. I, I don't want it to, because you know yeah. what, that, that impacted my relationship starting with the marriage. And I think, yeah. uh, one of the things that she saw right away was like, holy shit, this guy doesn't even know how to make his bed or doesn't. Mm -hmm. And um, in miserable fuck, that's why I say, you know, things like make your bed and, you know, things that, that are um, that require responsibility, ownership and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Making the bed. So looking back in 2020, um, what are your thoughts and feelings? Are you, um, you know, excited that it's over? Like what, what's going on for you? Um, I'm trying really hard not to play into this whole, like, Oh fuck 2020. It's been the worst year ever. I can't wait to get rid of this year. And I I'm saying that with all respect and knowing I have many close people to me who have lost a lot, you know, there's been lots of loss this year, lots of death and loss. Um, and so I'm not saying it hasn't been a hard year. I mean, I have to also recognize my truth, which is I had my daughter this year. So for me, for us, it was a good year in its own way. Um, but I'm really trying to play into this whole, like, if 
2020. I can't wait for this year to be over 2021 because it sets us up, I think, for such disappointment because it's not like when the bell strikes midnight on January 1st, like poof, all of a sudden everything's going to be normal, whatever normal is, you know? Um, And so I think that it's actually dangerous for us to kind of play around or just stay too long in that pool because you're just setting yourself up for it. So Um, for me, I'm really trying to, like I said, I'm looking at it as a year of alchemy. There's been a lot of burning to the ground. There's been a lot of seeds, I think that have been planted, not just for myself, but I've noticed it with clients, with friends. Um, and for me, 2021, the excitement around it is actually coming from seeing what's going to sprout, seeing what's going to grow from the ashes of 2020, 2020s fires, um, and for you know, many people, ashes, yeah. for many people, soil, you right. know, well, but ashes, I mean, look, that's what, that's what mother earth does, right? Like fires are, they regenerative, regenerative. Um, the, the earth needs to be burned in order to grow new, grow anew. So that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. And, and I sometimes, um, when, when people say, how are you doing? I, I, I actually stay kind of quiet, uh, because I feel guilty or bad because 2024 me wasn't um, like for most people, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I had a daughter, uh, I, we bought a house, like so many great life changing things have happened to me in 2020, you know, we, the lab started, right. So that was born in 2020 because of the pandemic. And so with lab uh, community and running groups and, and different ways to help people, which is super exciting me playing with my Legos again. And so uh, this podcast happened in 2020. So, so many things for me um, have happened. Oh, a uh, book deal, a uh, single on purpose, right? That my book just came out. That's, that was 2020. So um, I, I have nothing but gratitude and, and, and almost feeling like um, a little sense of guilt. Like uh, there's a lot of suffering happening right now and, and I'm not, um, you know, I, I had, my life hasn't, uh, um, crumbled like, like, like many people. And so I just kind of stay quiet about 2020, but my truth is it's been a pivotal, uh, magical, meaningful, uh, year for me. It really has. Yeah. And I think, you know, I know you know this, but I think it's important for us to realize that, um, conflicting truths can be true at the same time. Right. Right. So your, your truth is just as true as somebody's truth. Who's had a lot of suffering and loss in 2020. Um, and actually neither of them is better or worse than the other, you know, um, they're just conflicting in some way and that's okay. Uh, somebody's 2021 might be different than your 2021, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you for listening. And, uh, we are only six episodes deep and, uh, if you enjoy this uh, dialogue, uh, if it's helpful in any way, then um, please rate and review and follow. And uh, that's kind of what gets the kite in the sky. Um, anything else? No, I love you. I love you too. And what can we say uh, to people for 2021? Anything? Words of encouragement? Um, I think my words of encouragement usually come from a place of realism. That's just kind of how I am. And I tend to be a little black and white. So mine are going to go back to um, just be careful to not be expecting magic on January 1st, 2021. Um, You know, don't let yourself be set up for major disappointment. We've got a long road ahead of us and 
there's a lot of work left to do societally, um, mother earth, a lot of things, and we're kind of in it, right. We're in it to win it. Like this isn't, we're not going back. So, um, I would actually say do some work around shifting, shifting your mindset into rolling up your sleeves and getting excited for the work to be done, um, as a collective rather than kicking your feet in the sand and wishing things were different. I'm going to say that I hope 2020, um, no matter how difficult has, uh, softened you and not hardened you. And by softened you, I don't mean, in, you know, made you weak, uh, but made you, uh, look inward, introspective, made you think about your life, made you, you know, shuffle your, 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 uh, life deck of cards made you think about your friendships, who you want to invest in, um, how you want to live in this world. And I hope that 2021 is now the, uh, the runway for you to go and, and start building a life that, that is uh, meaningful. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Be well. Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that, and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have, it's time to become a life coach. Journey coaching. When I became a coach, there was nothing like this out there. And so I developed this coaching training program alongside Noel Cordo, Journey Coaching. That's J-R-N-I. And it is amazing. It's 100% live. It's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community lifetime support and business development, ICF certified. Just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive. See you in class.